Hello, this is Hilary Robertson. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. I'm delighted this time to be joined by Igor Butman, who is an astonishing saxophone player. You need to check him out on YouTube, but you also need to check out his new album, which is due out any day. Igor bridges the jazz world between America and Russia with strong links to Wynton Marsalis and the Lincoln Center. Igor has performed with many, many world-class musicians, including Dave Brubeck, Chick Corea, Pat Metheny, Gary Burton, Louis Belson, and Grover Washington Jr. I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Igor. So welcome to Harmonious World. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Oh, my, my pleasure. Thank you. And brilliant. And where are you at the moment? Because look, looking at your biography, I'm not sure whether you're in Russia or you're in America. I'm at the moment in, in, in Moscow. I just got back from uh, from south of Russia, from the Black Sea. And I'm, I was in New York a week ago. Right. I was, was mixing my recording that I did before the pandemic. So it took me a year and a half to mix it. Wow, of course. Well, I look forward to hearing that when it comes out. Yeah, it's a really, I really like what what we what we got with uh, uh, Antonio Sanchez as a great drummer composer and uh, and some of my young musicians from from Russia, the winner of uh, Herbie, Herbie Henka competition uh, guitarist uh, Evgeny Pabozhi. And, oh wow! Uh, yes, and uh, pianist pa- pianist Alek Akuratov, our blind genius. So yes, I'm very happy with the sound and the music. So I, I hope we we will we will put it out soon. Good. Is it originals or is it uh, standards or is it a mixture? Mostly my originals and and uh, one song by one song by the guitarist and. Uh, one song with Wynton Marsalis uh, compos- composition uh, and song that he wrote and he recorded with Bobby um, McFerrin. Oh, right. Wait, what's that track called? Sorry, you, you, I lost you for a minute there. And it's called Maybe I Love You. So there's only one saying by, yes. And uh, so it's all most my originals. Right. New, okay, good. The new, the new one and old one. Very good. And I'm fascinated by your your life between America and Russia, between essentially New York and Moscow, I think. Isn't that right? Yes, exactly. The, the, the reason I basically left Soviet Union was uh, the political uh, situation uh, for music was good. I mean, for me, I could play music, but I, I could play it only with... Uh, Soviet-based musicians. I couldn't really travel abroad officially, and uh, and I and I needed to communicate with my colleagues from from all over the world. I was I, I didn't have that opportunity, so the only only way to get what I wanted for music to develop is to immigrate or leave Soviet Union, because there was not really a freedom of uh, uh, traveling and all that stuff for me. Uh, 
but it was a good time. I had I, I had a lot of good friends who were great musicians in Russia, but it was not enough. It was not enough uh, people that I could play. And a, f- a few times when I met some uh, some American and uh, other musicians, I I saw the difference, and I saw the difference between the the quality and the quality and the education between uh, difference between Russian musicians, which weren't, weren't many. It was a few good ones, but it was not enough. So I emigrated and, and left uh, Soviet Union in, in '87 to live and study in the United States to be able to play with the best musicians in the world from all over the world. And there was a time when the Soviet Union collapsed and uh, the new new freedom it came to Russia. So there was not really reason to not to be in Russia with with a lot of opportunities for music. There's a lot of people love jazz music. There's a lot of people started to play music. A lot of many, many young musicians are now coming up, very talented. And uh, we have a festivals, we have jazz clubs. So that is not, for, for the reasons I left Soviet Union, for the reasons I, I came back, but not, I didn't, um, uh, I didn't stop going to New York and still bring in my big band and, and my groups there, play with American uh, colleagues. That's what I enjoy the most. And, uh, to, you know, it's great to be in, in the country where you're born and, and bring some of the music to more. Te- I'm bringing a lot of attention to jazz. It, and, and this is I succeed because I have a lot of a, a lot of a experience that I got in in New York and traveling all over the world. And uh, one of my one of my like a hero was a British saxophone player named Ronnie Scott. Of course. And, and, and of course, he, he inspired me to open the club. And, uh, you know, there's many good jazz musicians open the, the clubs, but no, no one has become uh, legendary known as, as Ronnie Scott in, in London. So having this, this experience, having this uh, ideas, so I now spend more time in Russia, but bringing young musicians or bringing any musicians to d- different countries we been performing all over, the, all over the world. We've been performing in, in countries like India and China and uh, some other, you know, countries that not, the culture is not into, were into jazz for a long time. So that's, right. that's my that's my situation now with traveling New York and New York's still the best place for, for uh, the music that I love and the jazz clubs and musicians live there. I love to work with the sound engineer, James Farber, who gets the best sound for me that I like. And I've I've seen some videos of the Moscow Jazz Orchestra, who obviously you travel with. They are phenomenal musicians. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I particularly liked, I, 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 uh, I watched a performance of Dark Eyes, which was, I think, written by the pianist that you were working with then. Yes, uh, the arrangement is uh, written by the, the pianist that I've been 
loving since 1978 when the first time I heard his group, uh, Nick Levinovsky. And I heard his group many, many years ago. I was very young and I just fell in love with the music that they played. And the music they played, it was, it was a combination of uh, uh, contemporary jazz, some, some, uh, some fusion, some jazz rock. Uh, he was influenced by Chick Corea and Herbie Hancock and Thelonious Monk and Weather Report. So the, and John Coltrane. So that, and now we are in close contact with Nick Levinowski. He lives in New York. Oh. Yeah, he lives. He lives now in New York, and but you know he's he's on. He's a part of our part of our big band. Now I have a young musician who plays piano, but Nick uh, is our. But Nick Levinowski is our main arranger. We we write together. We 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 discuss what we're gonna. We discuss the repertoire. We work very close. So this guy is, and he yet wrote a really great arrangement. Uh, for Dark Eyes, which is a, an old Russian-Ukrainian romance. Oh, okay. Because it's interesting um, when I we're a similar age, you and I, and the Soviet Union in the you know running up to the eighties was a very different place to Russia now, and I, I think it's for some people that's hard to understand i mean i had no comprehension of what russia was like you what the soviet union was like that because it was closed to me and and i so i can totally understand why that you had to make that move to america and it's brilliant that you've now you're now using your links to bridge make a bridge between the two countries it's amazing you know we have this we have the we have a festival we call it future of jazz we invite all the young musicians from all over the world we have some musicians from britain from china from italy from united states from uh, i think brazil from uh france and and of course russians and, and main idea to really let young musicians very talented to make their own bridges so they know each other. So they know what it is to be happy by playing music and make everybody happy. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and, you know, Soviet Union was, you know, I was, we, when, when I was living in Soviet Union, I was very young. So life was beautiful. But as you said, Soviet Union was closed. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's, that's the main problem was for me. I did want to uh, be a, a revolutionary. Revolutionary. I didn't want to fight the regime because there was no reason. A lot of people were happy with that re regime. So, you know, I, I was basically happy, but I was close. I want to, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to see other, other way of people living. And it's not, it does, it didn't mean, it didn't meant for me that we are, we don't live as good as, as people in another country. I was very happy, but musically. So, but now right. it's a totally different. It's yeah. people travel all over the world. Yeah. We, we're, we're still in the process of learning how to live in a democracy. It's, it's, it's a uh, long and hard period. We are still learning. 
as as, as I talked to just yeah. before, thirty years of democracy is not is not enough to to learn and be able to uh, to live because the Russian mentality is is a, is a special thing. Yeah, but 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 it's getting much it's getting much 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 better, and these bridges are very important. Yeah, and next year I understand you're doing some events about the hundred years of Russian jazz. How is that going? Oh, we 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 started to work on a few things. We are, of course, planning the big big concert with inviting all the musicians uh, from the Soviet era who are still alive and and some and young musicians, and it will be in so-called Bolshoi Theater. And we we were planning to do it in 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 Kremlin. There's a big concert hall in Kremlin, but historically, we have this uh, great movie. That was made in 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 the 30s, and it's called Funny Guys or Happy Guys, uh, and uh, this is about um, a young man who was uh, just a cowboy in in Russia and become a, an artist, and uh, and he put together uh, an orchestra, and his the, the his concert at the very end of the movie. Was held in in uh, Bolshoi Theater, so we decided we we decided to have a festival in Bolshoi Theater on October first. Jazz was introduced to Russia by a Russian dancer and actor, Valentin Parnach, and the first concert was held on October first, nineteen twenty-two. So we planning to have a concert on October first, and we. We actually got support from the Minister of Culture. We also were meeting the Minister of Culture, and uh, she she was very enthusiastic about the 100th anniversary of of Soviet and Russian jazz. And we will probably will make a documentary about how the jazz started in Russia, how was uh, how was through what Russian jazz had to go through. Some good moments, some not very good moments, but you know Russia has a big history. Yeah. In that, in, in that well, vein. Yeah, and and also that's a big hundred years in anybody's history, isn't it? I mean, so much has has changed in the world in that hundred years. It'll be a fascinating thing to see. And uh, you know, there's some some really interesting material and some interesting uh, controversial things about how jazz was popular. They're not popular. They was accepted by the Communist Party. Then not respected by Communist Party. I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's yeah. It, it's sometimes you want to cry. Sometimes you want to laugh. Sometimes you think, "What a stupid idiot!" Then you think, <laughs> <laughs> and, and all all, all very, very diff, diff, all the all different emotion you have by reading the his, history. We have to pay respect to all the people that were creating the history of Soviet jazz and Russian jazz. Absolutely, because that that is the the background, isn't it? That then helps you move into the future with all these young musicians that you're talking about working with now. Yes. Very good. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that and uh, and hearing the new album. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been really interesting talking to you. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you. Okay. Likewise. Okay. Pleasure. Yeah, brilliant.
Thank you for joining me for this episode of Harmonious World. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Igor. As always, please do check out Igor's music and all the links are in the show notes. At the start of this podcast, you were listening to Falling Grace. And now this is the title track of Igor's album, Only Now. If you enjoy listening to Harmonious World, please do share it with your friends and family. You can do that on social media, but also you can send a link on email or just tell your friends because it's very easy for them to search Harmonious World podcast. Please also consider leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform. They really help people find me. Thank you so much for listening to Harmonious World and I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, please share what you are good at and let's make this world a little more harmonious. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. Thank you.